0: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media.
1: Broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, more specifically Arroyo Grande, California, this is the Knapsack Files on the road in my home town and i am very excited to have back on the show someone who appeared last week with uh, mr jeff moody but now this is a solo affair this is matt donovan aka mr matty d aka don donavoni aka lonnie the lick man licorice
0: now i hate to monopolize your show for the last two weeks and I'm kind of offended that I'm this late on the rotation as far as the power rotation of guests.
1: <laughs> well, this is, uh, What's your first road show show, I guess it's, so. it,
0: it's, it's on the road, man. And that's uh, you should feel
1: honored that I, I actually had other guests I wanted to get to up here. And I said, nah, I had such fun recording with you and Jeff the other night. Um, I, it kind of brought back radio memories. I said, I'm just going to do Mr. D.
0: Well, when you realize that it's been probably what, 16 years or so since we have communicated in this form in the same uh, yeah. room with headphones and a microphone in front of us,
1: yeah, what, what, our last, um, my uh, last broadcast was in January, late January, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, but I think that was for all of us too. It Was one Saturday morning, right?
0: Well, I was before you by at least a, f- a couple of months. I was, I was oh, let go in December,
1: right? Yeah, you had, you had uh,
0: some we, issues. We'll get into that. We'll <laughs> get into that. It's, it's a no big deal issue anymore. But it yeah, was t- kind of funny how it happened.
1: Time passes. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, um, and also, I, the Lonnie the Lickman Licorice is not just some throwaway nickname of you uh, ladies. Uh, it is an actual persona that we're going to get into when we were on Micro-Powered Radio, which is actually how our broadcast careers started. Um, unless you, – did you – know UHF TV came first, right?
0: Yeah. You oh, know, boy. It it, it all it, – yeah, it gets all kind of confusing, actually, when you start thinking about the dates. That's why I wrote notes to try to re- reminisce <laughs> you, about it. <laughs> you and Mike
1: Beatrice are the only ones to come into the studios with full-on notes, which yeah. I appreciate.
0: Oh, no, my pleasure. I mean, it, this is like the big leagues now, so it's like... <laughs> I, Your friends are amazing people, and I I will pale in comparison to them, so no. I'm trying to up the ante a little bit just so I could kind of be on par with them
1: you're doing great well, yeah I do have some spectacular friends which is the uh, uh, reason I started this show other than I had some equipment and let's give this a go but uh, yeah it all started uh, my lover broadcasting though it did start young it did start when you and I uh, hit the airwaves together at 88.9 um, now we went to high school together graduated Royal Grande class of 1994 uh, and as we discussed previously we knew knew each other in video production we worked on some crazy projects together but most of the time just her
0: our favorite teachers fair mm-hmm. to say fair to say and I don't know how young it goes back for you <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, for me I never envisioned myself ever doing broadcasting I can yeah. say that when I was probably about six seven years old I discovered the family owned a tape recorder mm-hmm. and I did fiddle with that and I was pretty amazed and fascinated at the fact that a voice can get recorded and I can right. play back now uh, I would uh, not sing into it so much but I would right. talk into it I'd tell stories and well stuff. you're a
1: crooner too and we'll I, get into I'm, that, I'm, your love of Sinatra I want to
0: be crooner <laughs> but the, I do remember uh, grabbing uh, albums and cueing mm-hmm. tapes and uh, and we're talking Kenny Rogers we're probably talking Lionel Richie right. and all the stuff that my parents had at the time
1: I did that too I mean I, I we I've mentioned before on air We I used to record in my room and I'd have a, a show and I'd record an hour show every week and then it would be broadcast to no one but I would just do
0: it. Yeah. But I think you and I are alike in that we were probably very cool kids because we can entertain ourselves. We were easy on the parents, right? That's true. My,
1: my mom, in second grade, she'd put me in a room, my, my bedroom, and I'd read my G.I. Joe Choose Your Own Adventure books. And she'd have to come in
0: and actually check on me and make sure I was still okay because I would just read the books for hours. We were given a, a playhouse to play in, and it wasn't oh. made like a playhouse with a kitchen and stuff. I yes. made it into like an office. It was my fascination <laughs> to be the boss of something and someone, and I'd fire cousins. Or my little sister uh, on the hour by the hour, and that's. But we'd be out there in the backyard for. I'd get up in the morning, I'd eat breakfast, but then I'd come back for dinner. I mean, I'd be right in the backyard for all those hours. I could entertain myself. That, well, that
1: that explains too why well, your childhood hero growing up was Alex P. Keaton. Right? Alex
0: P. Keaton, and believe it or not, Larry Hagman's uh, J.R. Ewing of Dallas, the villain, <laughs> the the, the a hole of the show.
1: I'm I'm laughing because knowing you looking back, of course, it makes perfect sense uh, now. Uh, but I did not know. So you would you'd set up your office and your cousins have memories of you firing them?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And the the funny thing about the J.R. Ewing thing mm. was the only way I can get coaxed into being in a wedding with a yeah. little uh, tuxedo was when I was told, hey, you look like J.R. Ewing or Ronald Reagan. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, cool. You know, so I'm like 5 years old at this point and I'm enamored with these older people that, who wear ties.
1: Yeah, and, and and we talked in the last broadcast with Moody, your your love of Carson. Yeah. Uh you were when I didn't even really know who that was, you'd be, you know, quoting Carson lines. The that, best
0: memory I have of that mm-hmm. is uh every Friday we'd get off the bus and I'm in 6th grade at this point and I could remember that all my friends were going to go and Spend Mm -hmm. nights at other people's houses, slumber parties, but I couldn't wait to stay up to watch Carson on a Friday night. That was the biggest deal for me. Was
1: that the only night you were allowed to watch it? Yeah,
0: I wasn't. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, I'd never make make it that late as a kid. You know, I didn't have any restrictions. I just never made it. But Friday night was the time I would honestly try to make it, and most of the time I did. And then on Saturday night. Uh, KTLA and Channel 5 used to play the Carson Comedy Classics they syndicated that right. and so that would come on on Saturday like around midnight and so I'd get my fill of Carson for the weekend and that's all I lived for and I'd get up the next morning and I would play out what I had learned not really understanding the joke so right. much but I'd act them out and I did Karnak I did the whole shebang. Yeah. <laughs> you did it for your family big time
1: um, and so but so your love of uh, you're saying you didn't envision yourself as a broadcaster but it seemed you liked that stuff early and when I met you early on well, the big thing that I saw associated with you was news. You were a big guy, you were talked about being, I wanna be a news director or I work for CNN, or that was kind of one of the things you had looked at.
0: Uh, when did that start? Did you just like Cronkite growing up? Here's what happened. My last day of childhood mm-hmm. was the summer day before our first day of junior high. Right. And the reason I say that is because the okay. homework workload was gargantuan that yeah. first day of seventh grade, and it never stopped. I never got to play with neighborhood kids after sixth grade, Right. And it's a true story. And the reason why for me it takes longer to achieve work is because I got a bad pair of peepers. So it will take, it takes me two or three times longer to read right. and I strain myself, I get headaches. It, take- right. it took me longer. So I'd find myself on my knees at my bed with homework on the bed and writing yeah. and nine o'clock comes around and all the sitcoms that I kind of paid attention to were over, right. 10 o'clock comes around and then, I don't know, I stumbled onto news. Right. And we're not in the LA market by any means, but at that time our cable provided all the LA stations with the exception of KNBC. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the first news I ever watched out of Los Angeles, um, Aside from moments being little watching uh, Jerry Dunphy on KVC at the time Dunphy, yes. and Dr. George Fishback. I don't know if you remember I Dr. George. I
1: absolutely grew up with watching and knowing Dr. George Fishback totally with the weather. Totally
0: loved. Everybody had Captain Kangaroo and Mr. Science or whatever, but uh-huh. I had Dr. George Fishback. He his was bow tie, his mustache and glasses. Remember, he didn't, even, he didn't even do his magic in front of a chroma key wall. He had a, a cube built <laughs> into the wall, and he'd have to physically spin <laughs> it to get to the next magnetic <laughs> display. Remember him? <laughs> absolutely. Fantastic. It was so romantic, so charming, and it really, going back and really looking at it, that's the way TV used to be done, and it was right. so exciting for some reason, and we'll have to talk about that, but right. yeah, seventh grade, KTTV was the first News at 10, Fox News at 10, and at that time, it was an anchorman by the name of Dennis Morgino, and then the woman you might know the name, Pat LaLama. Okay, yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of yeah, drawn it out. Yeah. yeah, and so I would watch that, and then I realized that like, LA has a lot of competition, and then I discovered Channel 9, and I've right. watched... Three hours of Channel 9's broadcast so I got so consumed with news. I always kind of liked what was going on yeah. in the or going on in the world anyway. Yeah. But now I was just really enamored by watching it while I was trying to do my homework, and You're, that's pretty much how the addiction started.
1: Your, your passion is coming through in your voice now, talking about news. And again, when when we started hanging out, and we, I knew you again years before we started hanging out at the end of high school. That was, you were you had you didn't just know oh yeah this, and this you knew all the anchors, all the reporters, all the directors. You know how to call
0: those were news. my baseball cards. Like you right. knew all baseball, but I. Knew the stats of where jerry dunphy used to work or <laughs> yeah. where marta waller came from or right. you know jennifer york in the helicopter where she came from that was right. the big deal to me yeah and jennifer
1: oh, york wow yeah yeah and uh, um and then uh through that we got into radio and so when i knew you you were you, you know video production you were a great editor you still are a great editor uh you um you knew all that side of it. You knew the video production side. Um, but then we also, you, you were, you're very funny. You're one of the, you're, you, I always say I was the straight man when we were on the radio together. Because it was just, you pulled the string and let you go. Um, it, did that, uh, Did you ever set out for that path? Did you ever have a path you just say i 'm going to be the crazy uh, simple newsman and not do the crazy stuff what?
0: no i don 't know where it came from. I mean again, I always liked the impressions that Carson used to do, mm-hmm. but you know what the other biggest influence on me in comedy was the early ones. Well, John Candy was huge for me. Yeah, I love yeah. John Candy, but uh, Zed from the police Academy movies was actually very influential. <laughs> I mean. I loved doing that whole Bobcat voice that he used to do in those films. And there's video of me somewhere on some high eight videotape of me doing that. Right. And I tried magic even before. Really? a little bit too. Really? I took a magic class at a community college during a summer and it was probably the summer of sixth grade, between sixth and seventh. So and about I, and 80, I, tried yeah. I tried that. I tried that and I liked it. I, I, I kind of got okay at it, but it was some of the real tough ones I couldn't put Do you off. know tricks now? I can't really remember anything. Mm. Couldn't re- I, you know what it is? I can't get my hands. I couldn't get my f- fingers to move fast enough. <laughs> coordination issue. No, I'm really clumsy in that sense. I can't like you know. You, you, I can't do the live long and prosper sign. I can I literally have to so, force my fingers. I can't. Okay. I can't do it. I can't do it. My brain yeah. doesn't talk to my fingers like that, hmm. so um, so I couldn't pull off some. So of the magic your magic cards. career was cut short, and it actually tragically. affected my love life too. I mean, <laughs> ironically, the, the, they didn't know they were kind of they meshed it's together. It's, yeah, it's too early in the show to get the to the your show. love yeah, life. Right.
1: We're going to get into a cavalcade of, <laughs> of bad stories. Um, so we, we, when did we? And you have little notes here to remind me. You, we started working. Right at the end of high school, we did some videos. We talked about, like, hall monitors and some of the stuff we did in high school that was funny.
0: Yeah, my, my my recollection is is that it was probably March of the last semester of high school. So it'd be that March we started working, 94. Yeah, March 94. And here's what happened. Mm-hmm. Going back to last week and the guest, Jeff Moody, we had two yeah. on the show. One day, uh, we're in a class, and um, Jeff Moody makes reference to this. TV station that he watches. He didn't have cable. He lived out in the boondocks, the rural area. And most of this area, a lot of this area actually is rural. And at that time, there was no direct TV uh, at all. It was basically antenna, rabbit ears. So he made reference to this station that did local programming. And I asked him about it. And it says, oh, yeah, don't you know? And I go, no, I don't. And sure enough, it was KSSY TV or Route 66 television is what he was talking about. And sure enough, I went to Radio Shack, bought a pair of rabbit ears so I could... Feed into this. Find out, and sure enough, there's you know this weird looking lady pitching stores in the the local area. But it was local television, and when she wasn't on, it was Wally George. And those of uh, and those of you in LA (laughs) will know about Wally George. Remember Wally George? Yeah. But um, so for some reason, I got it in my head that we could probably call them and put stuff on their air and
1: create content. And so sure
0: enough, I remember the night I called. And talked to that lady, that weird lady, yeah. and asked her. I said, "Hey, we are high school students, and we are in a video production class. The whole world's in front of us."
1: Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we you know, we were can great. we
0: put a segment on there? And they yeah. said, "Well, what kind of segment do you want?" And I said, "Well, well, we're serious. You know, we're serious-minded, and kind of news-oriented, yeah. electronic news gathering yeah. style." And so, sure enough, we did put PR pieces. And I remember, yeah. okay, yes, they said yes. Well, who am I going to get to do that? Mm-hmm. And Jeff was too. He was too funny of a guy to do it. He couldn't yeah. pull off a serious. So I thought of you. You were the first right. one. So I remember I approached you and talked to you about it. And I don't think you were hesitant to do it. You were a little nervous. Like, I don't know what to ask. Yeah. And so then I ended up like help producing you for the first one we did. Yeah. Which one was that? Because it, it was straight ahead stuff, wasn't it? It was something had something to do with the technology plaza that our high school was uh, building, yes. and there was an instructor. Yes. And didn't you, I disappear at one point? You made me disappear, oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that, yeah. But see, our high school—I don't know—I don't know what Southland high schools or other high schools around the country or the yeah. world are, but we were pretty much ahead of our time because I mean, we had a video yeah. production class, we had a technology plaza where kids could take apart a, a, a modern car and then put it back together. There was a medical thing, there was agriculture, there was a business wing, there was a marketing wing, all yeah. that thing. So it was kind of like almost like a community college. So we had a lot to cover, and that's what we ended up doing. Right, we started doing that.
1: I do remember that now. I now I'm now recalling my thick hair uh, and a very thick green denim shirt you I wore. Had,
0: and you, well, you had an LAPD black jacket you were wearing for the first <laughs> segment. You had the beard going, <laughs> yes, and you had the right. glasses
1: on too. Right, right. And oh, uh,
0: that's right. so all that all that stuff still exists. It's, we have tapes. Is of that there, there's are tapes of that? It's, we oh, still have man. That. Uh, huh? If you could get that to digital form, I could make that uh, pretty. Popular, pretty quick. But seriously, Ken, it was a cool yeah. thing because okay, I had someone willing to go on camera who could right. pull it off. I, I I remember helping produce some questions with you. Yeah, uh, you did the interview, then I went and got B roll footage, and then we put it together real quick. We put a two minute package together, and once we did that, I thought, wow, this is fun. This is exactly what yeah. I want to do. You know, this is yeah. I really want to get into this so somehow. We did
1: move into some comedy s- uh, stuff at that point. For because... <laughs>
0: some reason, we must have felt relaxed enough to yes, do... yeah,
1: because we did driving tips. That's I remember. right. We did a couple of. Episodes of driving tips. One in my 1981 uh, Ford Fairmont right. uh, where we hit our friend Gavin in the middle of the street on purpose uh, for a bit <laughs> yeah. and someone in the neighborhood thought we had just hit a man. <laughs> yeah, um, right. And then we did it with uh, Casey Alexander uh, who was a guest on this show just a couple of weeks ago. We, we did one with his like 50, 57 Chevy Impala. That's right. Um, and those made air as well if I recall.
0: They all made air. Yeah. And at that time, again, you either had cable or you didn't and they're driving uh, mm-hmm. Direct TV, I don't think even was there yet. If right. it was, it was a luxury item at that time. Right. And ironically, not too long ago, I ran into a couple people that still live in the rural area, but they remember those shows. They, re- Get out. they remember your show on Thursday night when we ended up going live Get on that out same thing. Get Because
1: they did um, KSSY TV, which was broadcast on an, on an avocado farm on the Napomo Mesa and was run by cats, I think. Um, <laughs> it, was, it
0: was definitely bequeathed to rocks and cats. Um, it was literally in a house. And, it, was, it was in a house. And I remember uh, once, once our school year ended, we did the goodbye show, and then we didn't hear f- from them for a few months until I got a phone call and they said, hey, yeah, yeah. we have this piece of equipment now. It's, it was basically a microwave transmitter that right. they put on their house that could send a signal to the transmitter, which meant they could do a live broadcast come on and do game a game changer. Show. And I
1: remember, I remember where I was when you gave me that call. I was in a house. Uh, my parents were, we rented for one year, my first year of junior college. Uh, and, uh, we had done these videotapes and, and these tape segments. And that was cool. Uh, and we had these big dreams, you know, you graduate high school and the world's in front of you. And you call me and, uh, tell me um, that they're they're going live with their show, what was it, Our Town, right? Yeah. Uh, Which was an hour show with Denny McGuire, who went on to be a a ringmaster at one of those... Circus, 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 circus. circus. Zelda Xanadu was one of the characters. This Weird cast (laughs) of characters. Very strange. Hi, we're at Grande Whole Foods (laughs) interviewing (laughs) community pieces. So that show went live. And then I remember uh, the program director, called me, same house, and was like, all right, hey, we're going to go live. We want to bring you guys on as a crew and maybe let you guys eventually get on air. Initially, we weren't, I remember. Right. Um, and think about that, folks. At 18 years old, a TV station, you don't know how small it is at that time. We're just like, it's TV. It said, oh, you graduated high school. You've got yourselves a, a, a job, so to speak. Uh, it wasn't paid, but... Um,
0: yeah, it was like Wayne's World in UHF. Exactly I mean, it was exactly, that. It's exactly <laughs> what, the, what you imagine is that's what it was. Yeah.
1: So we show up, um, and we are going to college at this time, Allen Hancock Community College in Santa Maria, also the home of uh, PCPA, a world-renowned theater group, uh, theater, theater training group. Yes. Um, we're up there studying film, screenwriting, and, and kind of muddling our way through that. And um, then next thing we're working crew on a live show, and two weeks in... Uh, one of their hosts bails and next, thing you know, I'm hosting a show on Thursdays and you and I are writing bits like we're Carson.
0: <laughs> and that was the greatest time. You know, you were given, I think the, uh, Thursday slot, if Thursday night. Yes. And you would, you would go on air at 7 PM to 7:30, yep. and it was live and it would, you'd literally do a monologue and you would, we would write jokes. <laughs> I remember we'd be on the phone writing bits, writing props, drawing up props and stuff like that. And it's
1: horrible. It, it looking back some of the stuff I said, absolutely. it's it's, some good jokes
0: but yeah but it was it was overall just it was brave though (laughs) it really was brave for someone at our age your age and my age to to go on and do that and who knows how many people actually saw it
1: i don't recall getting recognized too much by it uh we would go to some of the stores that were sponsors and again by sponsors it wasn't just they they didn't just run a commercial it was uh, it was they actually sometimes would come up Come on and host the show. Yeah, remember the guys who ran like the boat shop had a show on Wednesdays. Or that's something. right. Yeah, the ta-
0: tackle and bait shop had <laughs> yeah. Thursday nights yeah. or something. But no, but you were going against Alex Trebek, and yes, so and you, th- in
1: this area, that's a tough. And that call. was
0: a huge deal. I mean, yeah, yeah. honestly, because in this area, you only had the NBC affiliate, pretty much the CBS mm-hmm. affiliate, and us, and, mm-hmm. and a Spanish station. And so when you were going against Alex
1: Trebek, that's pretty tough. The ratings were bad. Yeah, um, and we did. Uh, I mean, you would sometimes uh, we had two cameras, so we had a camera one and a camera two. We had a floor director. You had a format. The formatting that I used this day for the Schmozno podcast is the formatting that uh, they taught me. Oh, really? It's the same thing. I just simply do what they taught me back in nineteen ninety-five. Yeah. And you, you'd be the director. Take camera one. Take camera two. We had a headset. It was pretty legit for what it was yeah um and, hokey by today's standards hokey. By so far horribly hokey but at 18 years old we both got a great education in live tv and and live performance and the discipline of preparing things every week because you you and i had bits we had to do bumper bumper stickers uh was one of the bits yeah. uh, uh other things that we did and we had grand ideas for uh doing video segments that uh school and and a lack of technology just just um uh, kept us from doing, which is too bad. Cause if we had today's technology, uh, a phone, we could have filmed better segments than we did back
0: then. <laughs> yeah. It could have been oh, crazy yeah. by far. And I just remember uh, that you probably did that show for what, six, eight months, probably six months.
1: I remember that number okay. six months.
0: So six months comes around and uh, all of a sudden we had, we had to have a meeting. And yeah. I remember being in that living room, which happened to be the set too. Yeah. And uh, she said, <laughs> the great spirit has sent yeah. her a message and he and, ain't lying folks and we the great
1: had, spirit and don't forget before she said that she set down a rock yes a rock in the center of this table Well, as
0: i recall i think i had to i inquired more about the great spirit and she yeah. did let me go get him yeah. and so she went upstairs and got it and then came down uh, just rock w- totally molesting this rock in her <laughs> pair of her hands set it down yeah there's the great there's spirit. the great spirit and so the owners of the station were a husband and wife duo yeah and Either they did a ton of stuff back in the 60s or they did a ton of stuff at 6 a.m. that morning because they were they were the weirdest people. And And they had
1: worked in local news in this area. That's correct. And had left it, quote unquote, to start this. They They, did it in Hawaii and then they moved back here. And, And I believe that part of it. But looking back, I'm sure if we dug deeper, there might have been. They might have been let go of, of, of local TV news. Who knows?
0: Yeah, and what I just said is uh, an allegation. I don't I have any evidence to back anything. But they were just yes. very she more than him actually, but she was just so bizarre and just so- well. I I, I love both of
1: them. Oh, they were for, great. The Quirky as they were, they were characters. Uh, he uh, I thought had a lot of knowledge and was fun to work with. Yeah, uh, as, as she was too. And again, like I said, they taught me a lot clearly because I still carry that stuff to this day. Yep. But it was a weird situation. Yeah, I think we got told by the Great Spirit that it was time to get marketing and
0: everything advertising yeah, and if you didn't you were gonna lose the show yeah and it, it became pretty frustrating because here we're, we're working for free mm-hmm. already now what more you want us to go get revenue for you to keep the show on right and it just became like well don't you want to keep something good something of substance on there to keep people listening no nope, right. they wanted the money right.
1: which you know to, to carry the business and keep it going I get but uh, it, it to ask your talent to also be your sales reps uh, and I get it, it was a, it was a one-horse operation but uh, it was it was weird and bizarre. Are and and when, you know, next thing you know, it was pay to play. Which I would I would have rather just been told it's pay to play. Yeah, than kind of sold this line of uh, time to go get your show. But remember, we pitched some shows to them too. I and I I always say this. I brag on myself. This is 1995. I pitched a show to them that was basically a half-hour version of Weekend Update with an anchor, news segments, all done comedy. It was a comedy mm-hmm. half-hour news show, and it was like, "Nah, okay, we couldn't, we couldn't
0: do it." And two years later, The Daily Show was on Comedy Central. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I envisioned a show where four or five guys were talking around a table about current mm-hmm. events, issues like that, news-related stuff. We shot and, point and, counterpoint. And we did shoot a demo, and it's reminiscent mm-hmm. of basically what Red Eye is on Fox News right now. Yeah, absolutely, so, it
1: was very similar yeah, to Red yeah, Eye. So, I think. When I watch Red Eye, I think I'm, I think I'm subconsciously connected to what we did <laughs> yeah. uh, with Point
0: Counterpoint. Kind of feels like it, but yeah, yeah. it. Um, but we learned a lot, oh, and that, and that you you could you could always have to you always have to be thankful to them for giving us mm-hmm. that chance, and we we helped them. It was a mutually beneficial thing, and but Absolutely. time it run its course, yeah. and uh, so that's kind of where uh, our introduction to radio would. Coming to yeah, play. we we
1: met Freddie B and John Mackey, who were the morning duo at K Bear ninety five at the time, and um, Fred's uh, girlfriend at the time, Darcy Davis. They're now married. They live in Ohio. Uh, she was the promotions director, occasional on air talent, and a great woman. And, and Fred and John were, were were great. John was a lovable, curmudgeon, and Freddie B was uh, the kind of the uh, the the cool older brother. And yeah. uh, we kind of, you and I, were like, hey, how do, we we had a class or something. We're like, hey, we need we need an internship. And uh, we, we kind of begged our way onto uh, interning at the morning yeah, show. Yeah, because
0: that was all foreign to them. I don't think they ever had any internship at all. And at I remember earth. that it had to be official. And we had to come yeah. with them with paperwork about why it was official and how right. it was going to be official. And we were going to come in there every day. And uh, be, I think we were there at uh, what, 5 30, 6 in the, morning, um, like? the show
1: started at 6 a.m. So mm. we were there either at the beginning or, or a little after, a little before.
0: Yeah. Now, I think. Uh, the John took more of a liking to you than yeah. me, and I was more of a sh- I was very shy at yeah. that point and didn't quite.
1: F- it might have been because you loved Celine Dion more than uh, <laughs> uh, you know Bruce Springsteen, and this was a classic rock station, yeah. an album oriented rock station on the Central Coast. Might yeah. have been the reason.
0: Yeah, but uh, so you got to do. More, but you also had a a craving to do on air bits, and you yeah. pitched those appropriately. Whereas I. For some reason, I was more into the production end of things, the more news, newsy end of things. So, which was
1: always our dynamic, and so yeah. Freddie B was more on the production side there. So yeah. you were in his room, I was in John's room. Yeah. I think my first duty was to take a five dollar bill and go get John a coffee and a donut. Sure, <laughs> and I was welcome, welcome to the
0: working world, kid. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's. I remember one time they they pretty much gave us. Open rain on the studio. I mean, so I remember coming in there in the wee hours of the morning and just spending uh, hours learning the equipment. The equipment was a reel-to-reel machine and a cart machine and a CD player. And you had to, if you had bits and you had to, you had to position your sound effects properly. And you had one shot to do it right, or else you had to do it all over again. It wasn't like today where you could (laughs) snip it and and put things in. Nowadays,
1: when they, you know, a lot of shows are taped on uh, Monday and that's the whole shows for the week. Uh, It drives me crazy. I can't comprehend that. I mean it it got a point Like if you had a song That had a cuss word in it There would be a note On the inside of the CD jacket Mute at (laughs) One minute Fifteen seconds That's right That's (laughs) right So I'd sometimes Let some uh, cuss words By Pete Townsend Slip through
0: We found our voices though Because we weren't Voice trained uh, Yeah. And and so uh, I I just remember Fred instilling in us Always read The thirty second spot From the start To the finish Do not do it by sentence Don't do it by paragraph Don't take a pause Get through it You know Because you had to Teach yourself how to breathe and that was the right. f- funniest thing you just don't realize it that you've got to train yourself how to breathe when you're going to read something it's a like bit that. of a
1: skill and uh, i'm i'm a little rusty on it but uh, on the schmoes no world i'm uh, toad hop makes make sure i i do the live reads and not the schmoes because yeah. it's a i need this a 60 second spot here's four sentences turned it into a 60 second spot yeah uh, and that's what you and i had to do that we had homework assignment this is of course eventually when we got on air but before then uh, as we were interning, you know, interning, you know, you're running to get coffee, you're, you're, you're pulling CDs, but sometimes, that's when I started to get on air, is I'd have to fake phone calls. Yeah. Because they put a, oh, caller number nine gets free tickets to, uh, you know, uh, this band, and phones are dead, can't go get on and make a call. So I'd call in, I'd do character Roscoe for the Pomo. Sure. Hey, i got the sheeps up here chasing. John loved it. He giggle uh, and and so then it be you and I slowly started to work our way in.
0: Yeah, because simultaneous to this, we were also doing pirate radio. We were FCC right. illegals. And uh <laughs> that was for a, a little station in it's Grover Beach. Of,
1: sorry, the Statue of Limitations lifted on this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. We're
0: we're good on this yeah. now. Uh, it was you know 88.9 FM. And the funny thing, I had to go back to the internet to research how much power did we actually kick on that thing? And it wasn't very much. Um, It it, it was something like, I think we can get 10 miles maybe on a good day.
1: Yeah, my MacBook might be able to broadcast a little more right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, that that place is still there, Charlie Goodman's spot, um, whose uh, uh, son went to high school with us, and that's we kind of got in there. And we had... It was a Friday show, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you see, here's the deal. He had a he he owns a head shop, the guy. Yeah. It's called, and it's probably famous for all your tobacco needs, right? Quote unquote, <laughs> right? But anyway, next door to that, he he had an art studio in a place where people can go and create art. But right. he built a radio studio in front of it in a fishbowl yeah. kind of and uh, he he his passion was always to do community based radio yeah. and you know the the expense of doing it legally was pretty much up there but he fought for mm. the right for a micro power community radio station to be born yeah. he did it and he did it with the wrath of the FCC yeah. but we did do it and you and I didn't f- well I, I guess we did fear that because when we were working for the legit FCC FM station yeah. we were kind of told that you know if you get caught you're going to be blackballed in this industry you'll never oh, get a job yeah
1: and, and even afterwards after we had stopped working there and the new ownership had come in we're jumping ahead in the radio story but the new ownership had come in and they had they knew charlie and they knew we done done work i was point blank told don't ever mention that you worked for that station yeah oh, okay
0: okay <laughs> i won't mention that
1: but that's where i think we really learned to entertain and broadcast
0: yeah but see uh, i wasn't with i don't know if you know this trivia but yeah. I, you were not with me on the very first broadcast of 88.9. That's correct. You were working at a care center, and yes. you were washing dishes, and you yes. were listening to the show, but yes. you weren't there participating. Wow,
1: you're jogging my memory. I worked at a convalescent home with a hairnet and rubber gloves, washing dishes, finding pureed food swish- squished in places. Um, and yeah, yeah, you guys, uh, you and uh, Gavin did the first show by yourselves, right?
0: We literally go to the studio, and they show us the board. They kind of show us briefly how it works, mm-hmm. and you guys are on your own and uh here's some- yeah, it was, here's this pot you yeah. can press this move that to that you're on and i can't tell you how nervous i was about that, yeah. that oh boy it was so it was rocky yeah. to say the least it was rocky i mean my voice is uh beefier now than it used to sound then sure. i trained myself but i was saying this is 88.9 <laughs> and i'm matthew donovan and it's nice outside it's really a nice day <laughs> and it was just so boring like that
1: i, I have some of these tapes somewhere
0: somewhere right do. but i knew i knew in my head when i got home that that cannot be what right. i sound like you have to emulate what you hear and who you like and so
1: I, and then you had to do it in the natural because i remember my first break when i did join the show a couple weeks later my first break was oh that was liz fair uh, from exile of guyville and now we got some gin blasts and i tried so hard to be official radio, and we had to learn because we had what was it six hours? It was a six it was hour. It's six
0: hour shift. But see, the funny thing is, is um, we act the first impression of us not good. Yeah. Um, the guy that was kind of serving as program director. Yeah. I don't think liked us, and he didn't want us on. Charlie, I think, override him, overrid him on
1: that. Yeah, I, and I, I won't say his name because um, you're absolutely right, because one day, um, we'd bring in our own CDs to play, you know, uh, As Cap Be, be Damned, and um, we had all different, it was eclectic music taste. I was a big Beatles fan, but I was uh, learning uh, to love mid-90s rock, and uh, you had the classics, and uh, uh, Gavin just kind of followed along with what you and I had, but uh, uh, that guy had some CDs in the back, and I remember going to ask him for uh, a Sly of Family stone song that he had. I was like, hey, you had that CD last week. And he was like, uh, I don't like what you guys are playing. I don't I don't think you should be doing this, but okay, take this song. Take this. Song. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. It, it, now, he, I will say he came around. Uh, he, yeah. he did come around and, and, and ended up liking us, but yeah, no, Charlie stuck up for us and it was his station, so he yeah. said, have at it. You guys have this Friday from noon to six. Yes. and bring your own music. So what it was back in that day, I remember I had three gargantuan tubs of uh, Tupperware yeah. filled with CDs. We brought everything we owned and we brought yeah. it there. And I remember the night before I'd write the playlist of what I wanted to hit and what yep. I wanted to play. And then I yep. would try to find news and I'd try to write and print the news. And so this is- On a is dot matrix printer. On a dot matrix printer on my, <laughs> you've got mail account, you know, <laughs> AOL at the time. And uh, yeah. And so we were doing this, th- again, more free work, but we were getting our chops. We, I mean, we
1: learned, again, and imagine this folks You're, Here we go Again we're 18 uh, 18 going on 19 At this time frame And your show starts At 12 noon It is live on air It does not end Until 6pm You have six hours Of broadcasting to fill And all they would Occasionally tell you is Hey there's a Surfrider event Talk about that At some point And uh, Betsy wants to come in And talk about her Yard sale yeah. uh, Other than that Go for
0: it Yeah yeah
1: absolutely that's how we Learn to broadcast
0: Now how did you Get your first shift On the legit FM station
1: um, it was because we we had interned, like you said, we were interning at Bol- uh, interning at K Bear ninety five for the morning show, and then we were doing the show eighty eight point nine on Fridays. And then I, I I definitely by this point was like I want to move on with this, I want to go, and uh, I'd been enough on air um, doing the phone calls and stuff that that John and you're right, John Mackey took a total liking to me. So I I say I owe my broadcasting career to Charlie Goodman, John Mackey, and, and Freddie B. Yeah, but definitely Mackey, who was also the program director of the station. And um, eventually it was just like, hey, do you want to work some shifts on the weekends? Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. And I think it was graveyard. I had to work graveyard weekends, which are 12, uh, 12 to uh, 6 a.m. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, that's where it started. So I had to I had to resign with you guys. That's right. And you guys carried on, and Joel Trudgeon came on, and um, it was a sad day. And I remember the week after, around the corner, uh, parked in my Blue, Blue Plymouth Colt, uh, listening to uh, actually, no, back then I had the Fairmont. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. and listening to you guys on the radio, sad that I couldn't join in on your fun, even though I was working something. Well, the quote uh, legit.
0: Honestly, you didn't miss much, but the only <laughs> highlight was um, when. Through the legit fm station uh mm-hmm. we got some world wrestling federation Correct. talent on board and i was able to also curtail it to that other station yes
1: this is what this is the genius of maddie d folks you were able to come off at 18 19 years old so professional in the way you were were, uh, were were this station and we reached this and this and that and we were able to interview a series of top flight at the time WWE people at the time, WWF, Paul Bearer, the late Paul Bearer, uh, Savio Vega, Ahmed Johnson, and a little guy named Hunter Hurst Helmsley, Mm. a.k.a. Triple H, who now runs the WWE (laughs) as uh, the the son-in-law of Vince McMahon, legitimately, and he called from his house in Arizona. I was off there that day. We were trying to get back, and I think uh, Joel and Gavin had the interview. You and I were racing back from a live remote. But that's an amazing accomplishment to get into the big Fed, WWF, get some press, uh, and get enabled, and we were a little station in a corner. But you don't, know, oh, really?
0: yeah. Well, that's the thing. I had to lie about that. I they actually <laughs> demanded to know uh, uh, stats about the station, you know, yeah. area coverage and all that stuff. So I had literally had to make up about five pages of marketing material. I made a transmitter map, and I lied. I said yep. it went all the way down to Santa Barbara, all the way up yep. to uh, you know Cambria or King City, California. I lied, and I it, it, <laughs> and, and it worked. I, I, I we didn't even have call letters, but I made them up, and yeah. and, and they bought it, and they said okay, uh, facture. Information, the Titan Tower. And yep. uh, and I did. And sure enough, they called and said, okay, we got one wrestler for Friday <laughs> our, to promote WrestleMania.
1: Our first one was Paul Bear, who called from a hotel room in Texas, the nicest guy. And I know I never got a chance to meet him, but a lot of the people I know in the wrestling business over the last couple of years of his life, they got to work with uh, William Moody and uh, just one of the nicest men in the wrestling business and a, a legend, legendary manager.
0: I remember him complimenting us after he, the interview. What
1: yeah. he said, this is how we, because you and I were both wrestling fans, uh, um, Which is another weird story to say how you got into wrestling uh, by Mantar. Um, (laughs) One of the greatest, (laughs) worst gimmicks of all time. But we did a a radio interview, and these guys do this when they're going to town. So back then they traveled even more than they do now. It's just radio. All right, let me call this station, let me call this station, let me call this station. We made such an impression on him. He actually said, You guys, that's one of the best interviews and easiest interviews I ever had to do because we knew the storylines. We knew to play along. Yeah. Again, we're, we're 18, 19 years old.
0: Very young. I remember very, very nervous, but I remember laughing hysterically inside because of the voice he had to do to make yeah. that character Because first it was like, Hey, how you doing? It's William Mood. It's it, yeah, it it, Paul Barracall. Paul Barracall. And then all of a sudden, well, Hi, Lonnie. You know, he did that whole thing. And I couldn't stop laughing during the interview. And I actually had to leave the room for about 10 seconds because. It was just so funny, but we kept it straight. He kept it straight, yeah. And nobody probably heard it, but it yeah. was a good interview.
1: We had fun. We had free reign, and some of the bits that we did. I mean, we we had that game. We uh, what was the the White House Mouse board game? Yeah, it was Charlie like, the White House Mouse. Yeah, was called yeah, yeah. Like it was uh, um, a it was a board game. We challenged uh, local listeners to come uh, challenge us to the game. Uh, we would call over to that bar across
0: the street and talk <laughs> to, to some prank calls. I remember we called the high school and asked for odds on the the football game that was. Going <laughs> on that night those tapes still exist we used to yeah we called the guy uh, at the the bar and it was oh come on what was the name of that was place? the bright spot the bright spot yes and somebody had come in and said hey the patron there the guy that's always at the bar just lost his fish yeah. and he's really drowning in his beer so call over there and make him feel good <laughs> So we ended up calling him, and he is so loaded, and he didn't... Yeah. But I got out of him, oh, yeah, I lost a fish. It was good fish, you know, and, and, and we just played along. It was just, it was daring, and it was exciting. We,
1: we put a, a, a penis mask on Gavin and put him out on the street.
0: <laughs> uh, that was with Charlie's help. Tell, tell you how local it was. Yeah. There was a an automobile caught on fire. We're just talking yeah. about uh, the engine overheated, and they pulled over, and the car's on fire. I... Couldn't have rushed long enough to get 300, 400 feet of microphone cable. I said, Gavin, go out there and report live. Go out there. We'll do this live now. You know, no one's listening, but it was just the fun we were having. It was very crazy stuff. So then we
1: transitioned. By this time, uh, we transitioned into legit radio, KBear 95, and we learned uh, I was doing the, the sports and music news. Uh, much like I do the the Schmoe's No Headlines right now, I did the same thing back then. And uh, you were uh, doing the production side, doing weekend shifts. And next thing you know, John Mackey's out, moves to another bit line of work. Freddie B had left a while ago to go to Sly 96. <laughs> And next thing you know, you and I, at 20 years old, are sitting in the driver's seats of the morning show of the station.
0: Yeah, but you know, it's funny you mentioned John. I I, I don't think he took to me too much, but I just happened to be in the hallway when the weekend guy quit because he was going to be the PA announcer for the Cal Poly Mustangs football games. And I just happened to be standing in the hallway. Fate, baby. Matt, you're going on Saturday, all right? And I was like, okay, and I remember how nervous I was to try to please him. Yeah. Because he was a very intimidating guy. I never felt... At ease with but him, John. Never. Yeah, no, he was. I mean, uh,
1: um, I haven't run into him in years. He still lives up here. Uh, I should definitely get. get he must get think him. I have
0: a stutter because I, I every time I was in his presence, I, the, 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 I just could not he, talk. He, I, he was just. He, he was, was a, a tall, towering guy. He was tall. Yeah. Um, uh, um,
1: not uh, not like a big bruiser, but just no, a no. big guy. Um, he had. He had. And it, it's so funny to think he is actually at the time we started interning and working there he is younger than we are now oh really yeah. he was 35 and I remember he had just turned 35 and freddie b turned 30 during the time and it blows my mind because i look at them as giants you know what i mean like still and um i am now three years <laughs> older than uh, than they are uh, at this time but john was he was an old school guy from new york he would live there. His, his roommate at one point was the drummer of the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, his friend's band wrote the original music for MTV News That's right. um, or the MTV logo that.
0: Eh. Uh, yeah, man on the moon type yeah, thing, right? yeah
1: yeah that thing and um, loved his bruce springsteen and he was intimidating and i did not want to ever mess up around
0: him yeah no i just just i just remember being just very scared i knew we didn't have anything in common i knew that yeah. i
1: didn't like the music
0: that we play what was the official uh well, description was, of our music
1: it, KBR 95 its heyday was a classic rock station i think officially but by that time they had moved into what is a, a o r which is album oriented rock or mm. album album oriented radio, I believe more officially, and so John had pushed, and I think correctly to try to get more of the newer music in. He was a big like, green day when they he's like we got to play green day and, and the program director at the time they, they battled over John was a music director, so by the end, Kaber was kind of eclectic, which is tough to make work yeah um Especially at that time in radio, and especially in this area, small market, small market. They people didn't want to hear new stuff. They wanted to hear, you know, jumping jack flash. Yeah, and it was it was a tough sell. And which probably contributed a little bit to the demise.
0: Well, I think that was probably a big part of it. I mean, it was harder-edged music, and uh, yeah. honestly, the clientele around here that really would pay you the bigger bills, the banks, the car dealers, the yeah. insurers, the uh, doctors, they didn't listen to it. They wanted yeah. Top 40, or they wanted country. I mean, that, those were the guys. So we ended up getting t-shirt shops and surf shops, yeah. and they might give you a little contract for a couple of months for $500, $600 a month, but it wasn't yeah. enough to make it work.
1: And we uh, we were
0: making uh, less than 5 bucks an hour as a morning show, too. <laughs> Four and a <laughs> Quarter, as I recall, walking in the door. And I thought that was a big deal, though. I thought
1: I was, oh, yeah. ex- I was excited about it. Well, though, yeah. I thought I'd made it. And I don't know if you felt the same way. I thought I'd made it. Like I knew I wouldn't, hadn't made it, like I was famous, but I thought this is step one. I'll be by twenty five. I'll be in some major market, and we di- I just didn't get. You know, we talked about it last week. Just plain laziness uh, ruined some of that. But did you feel that same way?
0: Maybe not during doing the weekend shift. Again, I was uh, trying to please John as much as I can, and mm-hmm. to his credit, I remember him calling me after my first talk set, and he said. Hey, you did fine. You just got to slow it down, you know, because yeah. you're nervous, you're talking fast. And then he hands off, you know, he let me, yeah. he let me fail and, and, and falter on a couple occasions. Yeah. But honestly, I did okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel like we truly made it probably until we got the morning show right. up and moving. And I thought, okay, this is, it's kind of working, at least the, the early part of we it. We had
1: yeah. a solid idea of what we wanted to do with the show, which is we didn't have the technological, technology, technology, excuse yeah. me. We didn't have the technology to, to make that happen as best. As we thought we didn't just want to be a boarding zoo we had some pretty funny bits planned some funny things we did and we wanted we we're big stern files we just loved stern uh but not during the porn star moments during the yell at gary moments yes we try to base the show off that it just it uh we were just young though
0: we had no guidance well, yeah, we didn't really have a mentor. I mean, I was trying to think about this. Um, do you even remember the name of the general manager at the time? Um, the, it was a guy from Bakersfield, if I remember correctly, and his name was Chad. Chad. Chad Ellison or something like that. Chad, and I, think, I think you got it. Yeah, Chad. Yeah. Did he, Chad did he not come from Bakersfield? Yes. And did he not? He was probably like that son that, okay, let's give him a radio station to play yeah. with. Because I think the family was in oil or something like that yes. in Bakersfield. Maverick Broadcast. Maverick Broadcasting. Yes. And we never really saw this guy. Uh, uh-uh. he, he was just like this. He was, he was just there in the office, buried in his computer, doing whatever he was doing, you know, f- f- fungling the numbers, doing whatever. Yeah. He didn't ever participate in content, and that was probably John's doing, because it didn't John have a rule. All salespeople, don't cross this line, yeah, yeah. don't go through this door. <laughs> you know, John he-
1: had that rule. John also had, you shall never play Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, or you shall get a $95 and 30 cent fine.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so we just had this, uh, we, we, we didn't have a mentor per se. To, mm-hmm. we, like, for instance, you, I, I never once did an overnight shift in my, in my entire radio right. career, and not once. Not once did I ever have to sit down with somebody to do an air check. That's right. unheard of. How did I get away with that? <laughs> no one sat down and said, "Matt, we're going to listen to 15 minutes random that you did today, and right. here's how you can improve." That never happened. Never happened. That we were, never happened, and we probably needed it.
1: We absolutely did need it. Uh, uh, look, I have some of those tapes somewhere, and I would never let them see the
0: light of the day. Some of the stuff, yeah. But uh, you have to remember, we were forced to. We we didn't change the format, Ken. Yeah. I mean, we were we changed the style of when we were on the air, you and I. Yeah. But the format was still the same. Got to play a certain amount of music, and then you kind of chime in for five, six minutes. Yeah. Make sure. News, sports, weather, you couldn't deviate from that. We have right. to make money. Yet, ironically, this station stopped paying for the newspaper. <laughs> we couldn't steal the news at any point, right? We had to go to that donut shop with that nice French
1: lady that yes. she liked so much and yes. buy a donut and a newspaper. That's right. what, that was our news budget.
0: But then what ended up happening is uh, America Online was the big thing, and yeah. I ended up having to subscribe to it myself at home and actually write <laughs> stories the night before. I think I had to help you with sports scores and yeah. everything. I'd get up at 11 at night and, yeah. and print all that out they didn't give us the newspaper or the key. They took away the America online account. Right. I, it was, it's like, what are you doing to us? <laughs> 20 years later, we're still frustrated. <laughs> I know I sound bitter, but I'm not bitter. It's just frustrating. Cause it's like little things that could have worked, you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, in order to have a good radio show, get interactive with your listeners. We had one phone line. Yeah. We- one phone line with a yellow. What do you call that? Old school phone. It was, it, a, it was
1: a line. Uh, yeah, one of those. Uh, you expect some crusty detective to pick up the phone and so answer. So you couldn't
0: queue calls. You couldn't screen calls. You couldn't right. even if you had an intern. You couldn't. It wouldn't work. It, it, right. it, so we, we. So a lot of it was just they weren't designed to have such the show that we were trying to do. Yeah. And. Um, I mean, from a standpoint of you and I talking back and forth, I think our banter was good. I mm. think because it was real, I think people respected it, yeah. uh, unbeknownst to us at the time, because we just weren't privy to it. But we were mimicking kind of Howard Stern's direction, the, the Don Imus, you know, yeah. tell him how you feel and don't try to do the good morning. Yeah, we didn't do that.
1: If our show was, uh, and I've said this before on air in some capacity, if, if, if we were depressed we we'd let it roll on the air and and we'd make it entertaining though yeah. um, um but um my biggest regret from that time and I don't know if you agree is w- w- you know when the clock struck 10 and the show was over you'd maybe stick around and do a little bit more production than I but I'd be out of there I'd be like all right see so you are going to go play tennis I'll be famous one day <laughs> you're pretty
0: stubborn in that regard I, yeah. I, I it's, it, it would be impossible to kind of like change your mind at that time yeah. I remember yeah
1: yeah yeah I'm I, I'm out of here and I look back now I should have stayed paid or not and done and done pre-production for the show tomorrow pe- prepared and 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 taken my career more seriously from the get go yeah. which is hey that's youth
0: well, you know, we were we were getting good feedback, at least for the first uh, three or four months. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the salespeople would come in and say uh, if they weren't getting arrested on cocaine charges, <laughs> they were saying that we were good and the clients were liking yeah. it. And, uh, and I think the ratings didn't. Ref- I mean, if you if you're going to live by that sword, then I guess you die by it too. But I think the ratings didn't really fluctuate so much. But mm. the cuma, I remember the the CUME number had gone up yeah. or something like that. And who knows how true all that is. Yeah. But I, I felt like we were getting good reaction. I, I remember you telling me that your mom had ran into some gal at the gym or something, and right. she was talking about you, and she's she knew old Kenny, Kenny and Maddie D. I yeah. mean, so people people were listening to it. I
1: was I, I was at trying to get parts for a car for my broken down Plymouth Colt, and this guy comes running out. I'm Parts Paul. I listen to you guys. I call in. I win those tickets, yeah. and he
0: gave me parts for free. I just paid for the labor. It Was like ah, we've arrived. So it was fun for a while, but then all of a sudden, you know, we, we found out that the station was uh, up for sale, and yeah. and what kind of was going to take place was it going to be a mom and pop or was it going to be a corporation after deregulation come in Yeah. and so that was kind of everything was up in the air everything and so we changed. were kind of left alone because of that so we really didn't yeah. have anybody saying hey the one thing that I don't know if you remember this but we had a big fire going on uh, on the yes, mesa here yes. and and I in the news part of me says yes. we got to get somebody uh, to talk about it in the morning so I remember yeah. trying to find some number It was where,
1: dominating the area yeah, at the time yeah, it was a big remember, smoky fire. Yeah,
0: I was trying to get a hold of somebody with the cal fire or cdf it was called at the time <laughs> you woke some guy i up, woke yeah. the whole barracks yeah. up apparently of and so we put the guy on and again technical problems you could never get that damn phone to work yeah. consistently you, right you either had the call or you couldn't hear this happened to be one where you could barely hear the guy yeah. but we uh, but we continued on with the interview and for some reason, as I was getting something out of the refrigerator, I heard our general manager say that those guys were making fun of the fire. They were making fun of the firefighters. And right. I was. And I remember going back to you, yeah. and I was furious. And we yeah. stopped everything. We said, okay, we're not going to do any talk sets today. And we just played yeah. music throughout the day because we were so yeah. livid.
1: They said we made fun of the fire and the fact that firemen were hurt. Yeah. And uh, I, think the, I think what had happened is a couple of firemen... Got hurt by like bee stings or something. And I think we went, oh wow, that's not what you'd expect. Yeah, and that was
0: that. But it was, turned into it was, we made fun but of. But it them. was sincere surprise, yeah. like really, that's what happened. And, yeah, and, and, and but we were totally supporting them, and we were totally not out there to make fun of them. We were just trying to inform and, <laughs> and, and get a guest on the stupid show. And yeah, yeah, and so that nothing bothered me more. And then I remember yeah. one of our uh, one of our sales was in, wasn't like a bar, yeah. and they were going to have strippers at the bar. Yes, and we had come up with a character or something that was of a, uh, 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 was he, uh, was he a gay character? I can't remember, but I can't it, remember. it got the sales girl so freaked out when we did the bit yeah. that she came in and complained to the management about it. And, uh, they pretty much looked on us like you guys can't do that.
1: Young, stupid kids is what they looked at. Us. Yeah. It was some stupid. Yeah. F- I
0: don't even think it was a gay character. It was no, just like, no, a vo- no, it I'm, was just an obnoxious voice, flamboyant sounding character. Yeah, probably, yeah. But, but that's all it was. And, and we just, we interviewed this character as if he was going to be performing that night. And didn't, well, didn't it? Wasn't it Jeff? It was did, we Jeff did a or- character
1: with Jeff because there, there was a male strip review coming into town, yeah. and we were the, the station was a sponsorship, and we had Jeff call in as a guy who was driving in his RV to strip that night. He was just looking <laughs> for a place to do it. <laughs>
0: See, I don't remember that, but that's very possible. But so yeah, we did, like I said, we didn't have somebody there with a whip saying, "No, you guys can't do that," or you know, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. good in one way, but then bad yeah. in another. We needed the mentorship. Uh, uh, the the one time that you you mentioned last week about the bit where I had an argument with our salesman Patrick yeah, about Patrick. paper, the one thing that ticked me off was that that bit was going good, and then the, our, our our program director came and said, "Okay, guys, go back to the music on air." And it was like you ruined the yeah. whole momentum, and it just it was like you you. God, I don't know. Give me a hand signal or something. <laughs> don't say it on air. It just—it really made yeah, us look bad.
1: Like- yeah, and so from that, we're laid off, and and uh, the—that was at 21 to have your radio career over. Which is what I was for me. I never went back. Well, I had a tense
0: layoff. You didn't. You actually just got a phone call, right? I got a
1: phone call on a Saturday morning. I was going to yeah. come down to L.A. that day, anyways. Hey, I was Oasis. fired
0: for breaking the rules. I I, I remember. <laughs> I remember that my I work. Was, a lot of shouting. My work was pretty much done, uh, mm. and we were. I was in the lobby, and there was just. Look, I mean there was just a, a tension there. There was a tension in there because you know, they called it bitching, but it was basically yeah. what you and I are talking about, the things that we should have had and wanted to have and couldn't have. Right. And it, you know, I think we were just talking about it and I think the program director he had heard enough and he's right, we pro- he probably did and he yeah. just said he just snapped at me and he says, "Look, you know, I'm tired of the bitching, I'm tired. You don't even follow the log, Matt." And I go, what do you mean? And I didn't. I wasn't following the <laughs> log. He's absolutely right. I didn't follow the log. But I will say, yeah. I know a lot of people call up, them, I love what you're playing, right. but I wasn't following the log. And right. so he fired me. Yeah. And. <laughs> And I remember being so mad about it, but uh, and I was hurt by it. But you know what?
1: Yeah, hey, we, uh,
0: that was my first time I've ever been fired.
1: I remember you calling me from a payphone because because right. no cell phones. phones not prevalent there. Uh, so uh, we we went on. To, we tried to conquer the world after that, and it's been a long road. Now you've stayed up here in town. Um, um, do you? Uh, where, do you ever see yourself leaving here, chasing some broadcasting dreams elsewhere? Or are you here? Nah, I, Be I, honest with me. You here? I, am I here? You're here.
0: I think, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, See, here's the deal. I deal with a lot of anxiety. Sure. And if I moved to the Southland, uh, I don't know (laughs) if I could function, to be quite honest with you. The Southland as a whole... It just as a whole, just we get, wouldn't send you to like Hollywood or no, but or I, Crenshaw. Yeah, but I suppose I, if I really concentrated, I mm-hmm. could have done it then and mm-hmm. maybe moved on to another station. I suppose maybe, but uh, tough, it yeah. was never in my. It was just I'm a homebody, yeah. quite honestly. But again, it's that anxiety. It's uh-huh. it's like oh boy, if if I can't function down there, I didn't. I just didn't know if I could cope with it. Right. Um, the only way to get me down there would just it would have to be a, a sure thing it a would, woman well yeah maybe and but but yeah i i don't know broadcasting i think it, for me and and the radio sense definitely over it was over even when we started to be honest I mean, yeah we
1: came at the end of radio it was definitely
0: deregulation changed things around yeah well cuz what ended up happening is um i think i took a maybe a couple year hiatus and went into college and then i yeah. ended up working for an am radio station that was a news talk yep. driver and 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 that was kind of more my style um and i ended up actually ended up broadcasting uh, Dodger baseball games being being yeah. the board op for ba- basically Vince Lee simulcast on our station and just make sure the commercials got played that's pretty much how I got started well, and you'
1: were the one who told me that Ross Porter by the beginning of the game compared to the end you could tell how much he'd been drinking <laughs> you
0: could almost detect it yes allegedly. absolutely <laughs> allegedly absolutely allegedly yeah um, and so that was my first gig at that I was board op and I was okay yeah. but then uh, and then I got to be the uh, station production director and again it was a news talk station and I remember remember that uh, Cal Poly had students interning there and they would actually serve as our reporters. They'd actually yes. go out and chase stories, some gorgeous future news girls. Very. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and some actually have made it. Um, I think, but, really? um, um, there was that one blonde I remember. Yes. I yeah. Remember well, it, it, well, okay. I'm 24 at that point. So yeah. yeah, I'm paying attention to that aspect of it. Sure. Yeah. But honestly, um, I was, they would come to me and and I would actually help them edit the story and tell the story. And I didn't ever see myself as a news producer. Mm. I didn't have any formal training. I'm just going by all those hours of watching LA news and local news. And I just kind of did that. And I enjoyed that one day. uh, Our news department, you know, was, I think it was in the early afternoon. So they're gone. And right. all of a sudden, uh, the, we had the police scanners go off and saying there was a bomb threat or a, a, something had exploded at the at the library, the public library in San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. At that time, our main talk host was on the air, Dave Congleton, and uh, no one's there. So who's there to go out and cover it? And so once again, fate smiles fate upon you. Smiles. So I took my very own cell phone, which uh, was a luxury item, a little Nokia or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And I was determined to go cover that story. And I didn't have any press credential. I didn't wear anything. I, right. just, I just showed up and I, I, I'm nervous because I, I gotta go on the air and do a live, I've never done it before. Right, right. I've never had to do it before. I, I took an, a, a pad, I was smart enough to take a pad and a, pin, a pen with me. Mm-hmm. I jotted some notes down. I go on the air, I call Dave in a commercial break and he says, okay, I, Dave, I got them information. They believe I'm with KVEC. They told me some information. I bought gonna, it. And I bought it, I wrote it down. And I started and I finished and I got through it aces. It was right. flawless and it was so cool. I love yeah. that feeling. It was just like, Oh, unbelievable. You know, I was able to get through it. I got the details. I didn't miss a beat. Right. I got the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why. Just and like they teach you in school. Just, it's always just common sense. I was like, people got trained for this. I, right. You know, it, it, right. it was just, but no, it was common. Sense. So, it was that, I thought, but still at that time, it didn't, come into my brain that maybe that's what I should have done. Maybe I should have gotten into producing or even reporting at that point. But I'd go on to do a a few more stories like that, fires and Mm -hmm. and arson fires that took place. There's a string of them and and we ended up covering it live. And then um, 9-11 happened and and, uh, I remember going to the airport to get that end of story with another reporter. And um, I guess when the FAA closed down all the airports, it was amazing. The administration in this airport started screaming and panicking. It was like everybody out. They said everybody out. It's like San Luis Obispo. It's this little tiny airport. You know, we get one flight a day for you number fifteen thousand on the terrorist list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I I love the news. the uh, the talk aspect, the talk aspect. I was uh, I, I was asked to do fill-ins when, when yep. guys either would call suddenly and be sick or, you know, right. I'm going on vacation. And I appreciate the opportunity, but if you listen to those tapes, oh, my goodness, they're horrible. In what way? Because, because you'll never sound bad. You've
1: got a great voice for radio but, and personality, but what – what, what do you it, mean horrible?
0: Well, it's horrible because they didn't have any funding to hire an engineer for you. So you're oh. talking, but you're also the engineer. <laughs> okay, so you're running the board, you're running the commercials, you're, Cute. You're, you're getting the right carts at that time still, you know, plugging those yeah, in. And then carts, you have the yeah. computer to look at calls and what they're going to talk about and stuff like there as best our call screener could give. And and then you had this content. Now, I remember Dave gave me uh, two hours to do. And yeah. I did, it never occurred to me that I couldn't get Uh, an hour on a subject I thought I could I couldn't I, oh, by by oh, about really? 10 minutes into it I'm like oh my god I have nothing more to ask I've gone you, through my you, whole sheet here. You, you should have drawn on your train in 12 uh, 6 hour shifts on 88.9 Oh, I, know. Yeah. I, I, I I, remember what it was Is I interviewed some of the uh, Cal Poly kids about doing the TV coverage for an, a local election right. and I was so fascinated about how they did that and and, and I thought <laughs> oh, okay I, come on in for an hour and talk about it and I was like I faltered like 10 <laughs> minutes like okay I got nothing to ask and so we ended up BSing for it was it's just horrible. So, I actually did this other thing too. Uh, it was called Swap Meet on the Air, and it was on Saturdays at ten. The lady tried to make extra like, money by like, putting it on the air. It's like Antiques Roadshow. It's so pretty much like that. You called in to say yeah, I got a blender or a mattress. I'm trying to get rid of. I want five dollars <laughs> firm. That's five dollars firm. That's like crazy. You know? <laughs> it's like Craigslist Radio, or yeah. I, I mean, it's a uh, common format on the sure. weekends on on, on a radio stations still this day. But the lady that was our um, news anchor put the show together so she could try to make extra cash with advertisers. Well, she stopped doing it after week two. So she asked me that's to do it. Doing. So I was like Monty Hall for like three Saturdays, you know, pim- Hey,
1: we got a cat litter box here.
0: <laughs> Seriously. Things like that, you know, you know, and I was pimping all <laughs> sorts of things. I, I, my rules were just no undergarments and pets. I mean, that's all I couldn't do, you know? So, um, okay. Well, I always felt
1: you, your radio, uh, you worked best on radio when you were talking about what was bothering you at the time, or your crazy theories, at one point you're, uh, you wanted to <clears throat> put, uh, like I said on the previous show, you wanted to put some bleachers in your room and charge admission, uh, You know, that's when it, when you you'd go off on those rants or when a, when a girl slighted you the night before, which happens often, <laughs> uh, that would be the best uh, entertaining uh, content you could provide. You know, serious stuff, that's great, but I love pulling your string and just watching you. Uh, uh, unfold and unfurl your anger on the radio. But
0: the truth of the matter is um, uh, I only felt comfortable doing that um, Mm -hmm. when I was with you on, on the pirate or the FM, when I was asked to, well, I was never asked to be funny. It was just my natural demeanor, but uh, I I always was uneasy about doing it on the AM radio. And I always felt so guilty after the bit (laughs) or after I said something, Oh, I can't believe I said that. And then, you know, the the, the host, Dave, uh, yeah. would either laugh or if he didn't, I'm like, oh, I'm in just deep trouble. And then the problem was is that whenever he had guest host or if maybe he had a lull in thought and, like, he had nowhere to go, it's like, okay, Matt, be funny. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and he had a red light that he'd push a button. <laughs> be funny now. And it's like, so it was like a mouse. And it's was like, I wasn't trained that well, you know? Uh-huh. So uh, he, he knew he, he, would t- he would
1: email me. I just get Matt going on women. That's my favorite thing to talk about.
0: Oh, but it's almost <laughs> sad, though, because I would go on about it. He would. Know? You've uh, had a lot yeah. of
1: problems with women here, and we don't have as—we've we, spent—you've filled an hour pretty easily talking about radio and your career trials and tribulations. There's so much to talk to you about with women. I think I may have to bring Jeff Moody back for that. <laughs> he may have to back me on that. Yeah,
0: he's got a perspective on it. I mean, I, I don't know why I'm just so unlucky. Uh, you know, You
1: are one of the more unlucky men in love I've ever met. I wear that proudly.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, I get it. I, I know I'm quirky. I know that I am you're prickly. Obsessive compulsive a little sure. bit. I'm a, probably a perfectionist and it's not that I'm trying to go after like the nines and tens of the world. I know what I can't get, you know. So you're not that
1: swing over the fences. No,
0: so if you're a 6 and a 7, hit me up. I mean, you know, but uh, or you know Hey, let's be honest. Hey, even down
1: the... to 2s or 3s, you well, might be you might be all right.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I mean I'm I'm not, I'm not a very attractive guy, but I'm funny. I'm a good listener. I'm I'm a good conversationalist. You're, I like shopping. You're good with money. I, yeah, I try to be. But, you know, mm-hmm. so, and I, I don't know. It just hasn't happened yet. And I, I, believe me, I, a lot of my anxiety is just fear that mm-hmm. I'm going to fall one day and no one's going to hear me. <laughs> and I'm going to be stuck there. <laughs> And, I, you know, <laughs> hopefully at that point there'll be Matt some. Matt is th- the youngest Life Alert subscriber. Oh, no, I'm telling you, it's convenient to have that now. And now <laughs> then, now they got this, uh, you know, come get your perfect poly. And it's this like this robotic bird that you put We're, on your deal. And it, it, it's like you interact with a stupid mechanical what, bird, two for you, 12 bucks. Well, anything. you do have uh, three cats now, two cats? I
1: have two, but two I mean, cats. I've always been a cat guy. You've always been a cat guy, but you live alone with your cats. And I worry about you sometimes. So I, let, let's, uh, I'm putting it out there right now. I have enough <laughs> listeners. I don't have a ton of listeners. Listeners, this is not a tremendously popular show at this point in life, but yeah. uh, I have enough where I think, ladies and gentlemen, if you feel you have someone out there uh, that you want to send up to the Central Coast so Matt can uh, take her out on a nice date to Chili's, uh, you 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 follow him on uh, on Twitter and find out and and let me know at at, at Cospen, Kozpan K O Z P A N and Mister Matty D X is your Twitter handle, right?
0: Yes, but the thing is, uh, I I thought it was all my bad luck was payback for something we did in high school or I did in high school. Yes. And, uh, it might've been and, 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 you know, bad karma, but then yeah. Facebook would have me tagged in a photograph where I was absolutely stunned by its grotesqueness. It Eesh. was, it was me in a horrible I, pose. I might, you see 50 <laughs> chins, you see a belly, you meet, <laughs> hear me holding the camera, sweat stains in the arm. why would somebody tag this of me? You know, (laughs) and why can't they see what I just saw? And they put it out there, but you could, and I did. And I actually emailed that person, please delete that photograph. (laughs) But what that told me was, is Matt, you're not the thinnest guy in the world, you know? And I never saw myself as a big guy. Uh, and it's like that old Rodney Dangerfield. You want to feel thin, you hang around fat people. Well, I was hanging around (laughs) fat people. So I never felt like I was very, very large. Right. So, um, I, this was about three years ago when I got that tag and I really tried to, to work at that and I was failing. I, I mean, I walked consistently, I played tennis sure. even, I tried to change my diet and it, I couldn't lose a thing for some reason. Right. Finally in November, this last November, uh, I said, I just got to make a run at it because yeah. I felt like, um. I felt like if I'm going to have a chance, now I understand why women would probably stay away. Okay, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's nice, he's funny, and he's, he's, he's kind of cute like that. Mm-hmm. He's kind of big. <laughs> so, you know, and I, and, I, and I wouldn't sleep with me either. I mean, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, hey, there's some nights I could have been, hey, not tonight, I got corporal tunnel syndrome. I mean, so, you know, I understand it, you know. I so you I'm, give yourself credit, and you have lost. Uh, forty pounds. No, right? yeah, no. I'm fixing it now. So now, yeah, now, now that if it legitimately doesn't happen for me now, it is because uh, it's, it's just my personality. It's, it's because, because of, of me and it's going to require hypnosis. It's going to be psychotherapy. I've got to change. Well, see, you know, I yeah. I, I struggle with that all the time. Yeah, I try to be jovial. I like to make people laugh, but then I think that's a hindrance to me because then people don't take me seriously and I, uh, I i i maybe i can, maybe i have to be ordinary and boring no and, no, no this no, is the
1: anxiety no. coming through again just let yeah. your freak flag fly uh, yeah. and, and it'll happen but see yeah i can i can hear the anxiety you're you're worried about what people will think about and you haven't even met this person yet I mean, well, put I, that out there. Oh, I, I in over, your head. Look I what you a, just did. I
0: analyze everything in a relationship, and more than I'm, I'm like that little teenage girl on the bed with her feet crossed and looking at the magazine. I, I'm I'm filling out surveys in my is head. She, is she thinking about me you right know, now? I'm kidding. You not. I worry about that. Like, okay, did I? How did I play that off? And then I do email analysis. Like, uh, hey, she didn't put a happy face here, but she put a period there. Many and of, what, uh, when
1: I come into town, folks. Many of my dinners are spent up at a Denny's in uh, Pismo Beach with Matt and Jeff and analyzing emails sent back and forth between men it and does women. But
0: o- it does occur to me that the art of conversation is lost. I think sure. uh, everybody's addicted to these gadgets and they yeah. talk in that form of communication. So I- I'm telling you, like the last three or four years, there hasn't been many because I just literally just gave up. I said, I'm just not going to deal with it right. anymore. It's not working. That's but what I'm afraid.
1: I'm afraid that you've set into this mode that uh, you it's you
0: and your cats and your model planes and uh, that's how you're going to end up. <laughs> we need to talk about that. But the thing about it is, is no, it's just like I love conversation Mm -hmm. And she's got to be able to take the floor And kind of run with it for a little bit at least It can't just be me I don't want it to be me You don't like
1: audience members is what you're saying I mean in in the dating life But uh, I've, I've been with you in social situations with women Where I think you just take the microphone so to speak And run with it and it's
0: highly entertaining So the girl just sits back yeah, that happens. I know. But but now I'm running into the She doesn't even like ask me any questions like about my life. It's like, don't you want to know about the guy you're breaking bread with right now? I mean, where I came from, how many brothers and sisters am I have, you know, talk about my anything, but I don't get any but questions.
1: This is also the first uh, date or dinner you're talking about here, right? No. I, oh, okay.
0: I'm telling you, I'm playing a game right now where I've had like five or, five or six dinners and I have not had a question asked. Of me You're yet. keeping track? Oh, yeah. I bet I it. Yeah, but you
1: have notes on this show. You probably I, have I, notes look, on what, what the, she asked on I've the the dinner. I've had the
0: weirdest things happen to me. I've had a, I had a woman. It was more friendly more than dating, but we would go out and in about a month or two later, I find out that she's actually married. She was just kind of separated. There was a husband in the fold. Yeah. And it's like, well, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> you know, it's kind of important. You know, what if he happened to see us together and he just kind of ran around? Yeah, you've mean, had
1: a series of well oh I didn't tell you I had a boyfriend oh yeah no I'm married um, oh yeah. yes I'm running from the law you've had a lot of that
0: I had one that was uns- sadly uh, uh, had an incest issue uh, and right. I didn't feel comfortable with uh, any type yeah. of men and
1: uh, yeah, so Ed, Ed, but that one came out deep into the inner <laughs> the uh, the journey so to speak yeah
0: so I, I don't know I don't know I, I don't know what it I is I know. like it that attracts this um, but I, I'm just hoping for a change now mm-hmm. I, I I've lost weight I, mm-hmm. I feel I feel better and I feel like, uh, something's got to change on the, the broadcasting end of things yeah. I've either got to get on to a podcast or yes. I got to get myself on camera. I got to be an actor. I got to do something. <laughs> I got to do time something Time is now the time has to be now because I'm telling you, hard work doesn't seem to be paying off on the ordinary job. Right. You know, I mean, right. I love working in, in this economy right now where sure. you know, the employer has all the leverage. I'm thankful to be working, but it just seems like I've, uh, I cannot make, I don't want to be, I'm not at where I want to be. Yeah. And, and maybe I have to create some scandalous YouTube video to make it. I'm just trying to figure out which one, but I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you, I come to you as a nice loyal guy who, mm-hmm. who, who, who I think has some charisma, has some potential hire me <laughs> telling me I have a unique look. Uh, uh-huh. you, you, I, it will stop anybody. You'll get the traffic. I guarantee you I- put me to work. I want you to
1: get into the digital broadcasting world. I want you to get started. Find this freaking table that you need for your recording studio, and get uh, do a, a, a AM Central Coast the digital broadcast version. Um, I'll call in. We'll make it happen. I know it will happen for you.
0: Heck, we don't even. I mean, you and I can do it. I mean, yeah. we can go back to the old days. You, 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 yeah. you being where you are, and I being where I am, it could work. It could know? work. It could work. We, the technology's we, let's there. We'll look into it. There really isn't any excuses anymore,
1: Ken. There's no. I have come up this t- into this town to give tell you you. There's no more excuses Get back into the broadcasting world And uh, see we did We had a fun show here We had a fun show with with Jeff And we might just record some more Because we're going to go out to Denny's Probably tonight for dinner And talk about it. You can aim higher I think Let's let's, let's try to go higher than Denny's Thank you (laughs) God bless it Thank you Thank you So um, again Follow Matt on Twitter And Matt's going to say Well I'm not really on Twitter I don't really understand Twitter That's okay I just want my listeners to follow you And they will teach you How to to navigate Twitter
0: no I'm all for it if I see any favorable interaction or, mm-hmm. or, or likability let's do it I mean I'm all serious right. I'm not against it I just want I know
1: you're not against. Yeah. you're not again you have always been a tech savvy guy so you just got to get your, your your arms around it and so follow Matt at Twitter that is at mr. Matty DX no it's I some, don't
0: think it is isn't it the Matty DX oh is it
1: oh well we got to get that this right, see, I all mean, right. See, luckily the... I got the internet up right now I think it's the Matty DX uh, I think we determined this last week too but sorry uh, about this folks Oh, yep you're right you're right you're right all right so take that back it is <laughs> the Matty dx which sounds like a porn thread but it's not the Matty d that's two t's y dx follow him on twitter tell him how much uh, you enjoy him and if you've got someone that you want to set him up with now's the time folks now's the time send him up to the beautiful central coast of california today it was 70 degrees with light clouds and some fog in the mornings and in la my roommate texted me it was 99 degrees so it's god's country up here and, and he will make some woman happy it'll be a great weekend day weekend getaway uh and follow matt on twitter follow me on twitter Kozpan, k-o-z-p-a-n and don't forget to find our knapsack files facebook page subscribe like and review on twitter we are also on Potomatic and stitcher radio that's a lot for you to take in but also don't forget we are broadcast uh encore presentations of this show are presented on Toad Hop Network every Thursday, 10 p.m. P.S.T. That's following the Toad Hop Network presentation of the Schmoes No Podcast, 8 to 10 every Thursday. That's a lot of information, but you all know the drill. So until next time, that is the Knapsack Files on the road. For Matt Donovan, I'm...